Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Police Constable Nicholas Angel, born and schooled in London, graduated Canterbury University in 1993 with a double first in politics and sociology, attended Hendon College of Police Training, displayed great aptitude in field exercises, notably urban pacification and riot control, academically excelled in theoretical coursework and final year examinations, received the baton of honour. Graduated with distinction into the Metropolitan Police Service. Well, where is it? There we go. Uh, right there, and the thing, and the whatnot. This is Film Sack. Sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. This is episode 389. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian Morning Sergeant Dunaway. Morning, Constable. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. This week on Fuzz Sack, it's no accident. The Bad Boys of Film Review chased down a group of hooded figures from the Actors Guild of Great Britain. In fact, it was quite inevitable that we would get around to this satirical parody that features many classical sackable films. Bad Boys 2, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and Point Break. We've sacked them all! And now this. So sit back, grab those biscuits you lifted from the local grocer, and prepare yourself for some paperwork that looks a hell of a lot more exciting than it actually is. Also... Stealing biscuits is wrong. Yarb. <laughs> uh, it's good to hear from the hound, isn't it? Uh, also with us, Randy, you got a mustache, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. I'm Randy Deluxe, and I'm not going to say anything funny in this greeting. Great. Nope. Good. Not one funny thing. Great. I'm a serious podcaster with a serious record and a serious job to do. Stop expecting jokes. I'm the straight man, and I'm what makes strange situations funny. You see, if one of you suddenly went, and you didn't have me around, that wouldn't be as funny. Right. See how that works? Yeah. Or do we need another? <laughs> you want another one? Yeah, no, no, that's good. One more. One I'm more. worried In- that that next one might yeah. produce more than you're hoping for. Okay. <laughs> Insert. Can you, can you facial shart? Yeah, you can. 
turns out. Uh, and finally with us, Brian, bad case of mini church chin ibit. Oh. oh, wow. No kidding, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, so what's tough about a movie like this is that the most obvious element to write my film sack opening about are the quick cut segments that Edgar Wright uses in his films. You know, like the scene in the pub where they're ordering round after round of drinks, but you only see split-second images of transactions to indicate the passing of time. Yeah. The problem is that's a visual thing, and it's really hard to parody in an audio podcast. <laughs> Until now. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the very first supercut of today's film sack. Okay. Mining the very depths. Oh, hi. <laughs> Did I ever tell you boys about the time... <laughs> The very first supercut of today's film sack. Nice. Today's film is Hot Fuzz. Oh, wait, we forgot to play Fletcher's clip. Oh, Bill shoot. Nye, the science guy. What are you talking about, Dunaway? <laughs> Benedict Cumberflap. Hey, what gross got out the most? Edgar Wright Blu-ray edition box set. Hey, that's what's-her-name from that movie. I have clips. You want to hear clips? I don't know what this file is. I'm going to play it anyway. <laughs> film sack checklist. In 144, no, sorry, 288 characters. Like getting church steeple through the chin. Hey, uh, what's our next movie? <laughs> pretty good it was just wow, missing banet, so banet, some kind of cool music behind it yeah, we were we were <laughs> we were talking about uh you know not letting this episode go on too long and bam you just like you took it you took it too far man yeah you're taking it next, now we next episode yeah. exactly <laughs> we've totally uh abbreviated right there dive right into next week uh this has been an interesting choice for us to do hot fuzz that's the movie by the way everybody i don't have fletcher today because he's not here but uh the uh, the the hot fuzz is this great movie uh, that came out <laughs> in, uh, in two thousand two thousand and seven. Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, director uh, directed by Edgar Wright, written by uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Uh, Nick Frost, of course, in this, and then a bunch of people I forgot were in it, like uh, Martin Freeman and Bill Nye and all these guys who are not in very long, but they barely. Like, yeah, I mean they're the kind of forgot they were in there. The sliver of Oreo on the outside. <laughs> yeah, there's a sandwich on this thing. Uh, which is great. Oh, and the other guy, uh, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Uh, the third one that was in the Coogan, Coogan, uh, Steve Coogan, yeah, Steve Coogan, which yeah. is great. Always good to see him. But uh, it's, yeah, it's really well done too. That whole scene because it is like a a British comedy actor um, hierarchy. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a hierarchy, right? I mean, because right, right. like, oh, Martin Freeman, he's kind of like the uh, you know the 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 direct supervisor and then you go up the chain to Coogan yep. and then it's like, Oh crap, we're up to Bill Nye already. Like, uh, you know, at some point Stephen Fry is going to walk out and say, I own the place. <laughs> but that's but true. They, uh, yeah. They, they leave those guys behind in London and yeah. they go out into the country to a little town where you have this whole other set of relatively successful, relatively famous people. And they all get, a perfectly measured amount of screen time. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. like Jim, you know, Jim Broadbent could really be like one of the top three or four in the film, right? Oh yeah. But he's just he's just perfectly metered into it, and so is you know Bill Bailey and Timothy Dalton and so on and so on. They're yeah. all like, yeah. you, you know, none of them none of them really steal the show. They're just given the right amount. I agree. It's uh. So this is part of the. The the Simon Pegg, what do they call the trilogy? It's the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, or ice cream. Three, three flavor. flavor. Three flavor Cornetto trilogy. Right. And for a while it was called the duology because it was just the two. And then now they got this uh, end of the world's end or whatever it is, right? That's the other one. Right, that right. the one? I have, I've not seen that one. I've seen everything else. I've not seen that one. Wow. I, Scott. I know. Do we, have, do we have a preference? I know you can't say Scott at the three, but I've got to say that I enjoyed the last one, uh, World's End. I. 
I find myself going back and watching it's more. Mm. Hmm. Like, Prior... like the, my initial my initial impact, I absolutely thought Shaun of the Dead was by far the best. But as I've gone back and rewatched them, I find the last one to be more rewatchable. Well, and for it's me. like it's like a trilogy that speaks to film lovers and what they yeah. uh, what they're they right. emphasize, right? So yeah. like you have people who like the first one because there nothing ever lives up to your first experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And and Shaun of the Dead is a really good funny film, but then you have people who like the second one because honestly, it's it's way more like technically Layered. complete yeah. than than the first one. There's still, yeah, there's layers to it. Right. And then you have people who like the third one because they took a long time and they put everything into it. It's like so this is it. This is the the last film we're making at like this and it's just it it's just overwhelming with, you know, all of its elements. And I think it's really cool to ask people which of the Cornetto trilogy do you like the most. I'm shocked Scott hasn't seen World's End. I know. I'm, I'm bugged yeah. that I haven't. And it's always been like this little thing in the back of my head. I'm like, why haven't you seen this? And it happened again last night. I'm like, why are you not? Why is that not on your list of things to see? And it just was one of those that I just missed the window on. And I don't know. just never got around to. But uh, It's a I, lot slower than this one. Well, I'll tell you what's hard about Hot Fuzz uh, it, to put on Film Sack. I think it's perfectly right. suitable for film sack, but I also cannot find almost, I can't find anything to not like about it. Well, I know it, it is. That I'm, was a hard thing for me. Like my notes are, are pretty light. Like, Oh my God, the music in here is great. And well, I don't want to talk about all my notes because right. there are so few, I want to hold on to them to, to sprinkle throughout the show. But, yeah. but yeah, that's, that is the tough thing with, with comedy movies. And this is kind of a parody. I wouldn't say it's just straight out parody of cop movies no no. Uh, it it is to some degree but this is but it's still like a all right you know you've got your your straight laced dude you've got your your small town that he's kind of forced to work in doc hollywood kind of situation or Mm -hmm. or uh you know dude from the city comes to the country i think probably the closest comparison for me that i wrote in my notes was dragnet oh um, dragnet's a good example sure because yeah, then because the, the people turn down up to like the their cultists the, at the end the cultists exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh we think it's this guy and it's this guy oh no i have all this proof that it wasn't me oh and yeah. def- scott, scott you could be hammering the trip alert sound as, as brian's talking <laughs> no it's true like that's the but that's the entire it's almost like it's not worth playing because the entire premise of everything nick or uh everything that uh, simon Pegg makes writes uh, is is based on giant tropes, and then he likes to just play in them. It's like, what's mm. the giant trope? Straight laced cop goes to a town where everything's goofy. All right, good enough. Now let's make a movie in there, and it's and it ends up being great. You got the Snidely Whiplash character in in uh, in the sto- who owns the store, and he's the richest guy in town, and who? you don't trust him. And- you mean M- Mister One Time Bond? What yeah. was that? Mister One Time right? Bond, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. One Time ba- Bond. Yeah, band. One Time Band, and. Uh, you got, you know, the the partnering of two very different cops, but in the end, they're perfect for each other. Like, everything is a trope, but it's like he, it's like the trope is a burned out warehouse, and he goes in there and builds the coolest arcade you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, he's, right, right. I find this stuff so, like so genius, and so, you know, there's like tiers of British comedy for me, and there's like the Monty Python style, and then there's the the more straight, uh, office kind of style. office style yeah exactly but kind of cringe worthy style like that or there's these various kinds of things and every once in a while somebody comes and plants a flag and goes here is a new flavor and variation on the on the mm-hmm. british comedy take and simon pegg be- absolutely one of those guys 
And it'd be so easy to do a movie like this that focuses on the two main characters and a couple of the villains and and not fleshes out any of the character other other characters. But all of the I mean the shop owner, the little convenience store owner with her one kid, you know, one kid with a backpack per uh, at a time and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, um yeah. you know, all the different uh uh characters get a really good character development. The other cops yeah. Each have kind of a, oh my an unusual, gosh, I love the cops. quirky personality. Every cop um, is great. Every single character. Yes, Brian is right. No wasted yes. characters across the board. Characters are yeah. great. Yeah. I, I only have one complaint about the film, and it's a derivative of the source material, which is the same thing I found in like Bad Boys 2. The movie is exhausting. About halfway through, <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. <laughs> from you know so much shit coming at me that i'm just kind of like ah and i i found myself a couple of times i'm like oh just i just i need a break here simon pig yeah i need a break yeah and uh just there was no break see and i never felt that way i felt i was on for the ride and i love his uh, i love uh edgar wright's style of filmmaking i love his his weird cuts and stuff that's another thing i haven't done is i haven't seen baby driver yet which i hear is amazing oh that's oh yeah great movie, yeah no matter so, who's in it and i love to scott no pilgrim and you know <laughs> yeah no matter who <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what the, brian me too me too anyway go ahead the point, <laughs> the point of the riddleland editing is is to be funny right you're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to like uh be trying to keep up with what you're seeing and that's supposed to make you laugh because you can't do it yeah and yeah. i i've kind of felt like uh it's it's one of those things, and there's a lot of other uh, elements in this film that it, the film starts off using them a lot, mm -hmm. and then it sort of tapers off yeah. because you're not going to have the same impact later in the film. Like mm -hmm. you've already seen that sort of visual joke, right. but the movie finds other ways to make to make you laugh later in the film. Like mm -hmm. it, it it changes around. Like when we finally get to our big action sequence, it's it just keeps going and going, and you almost. You almost start laughing because the action sequence is it feels like it's never going to end like this is just you know yeah. going to be the rest of time they're going to be the battle around. i think the battle uh, at the end where they're in the uh in the model town or the model <laughs> village i they they could have they could have easily they didn't meet my expectation which was i thought they were definitely going to add in some you know godzilla type mm. noises you know and some godzilla type shots but they didn't. And in some ways I was disappointed, but in other ways I'm like, it makes good sense because you never crossed that line into full on parody. If you did, I would have definitely thought parody. Right. Yeah. And you would have, and you know, if that had happened, you would have said, oh, okay, I kind of expected that. And the fact that right. it didn't happen is like, oh, all right. Well, they, they went just up to that line yeah. and it didn't cross it just to kind of say, we know it's funny. They're finding the little right. model town and yeah. the, the shots looking up at the, <laughs> the little yeah. buildings with these guys towering over. Right. Um, it, it's hard to do like that. You, yeah. you could go full airplane if you want. And, and, yeah. and there were a couple of moments like when he did the yarp on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I went, that, that is right up to the edge of the airplane yeah. or, or there was one other moment. I can't think of what it was, but that they'll get, they'll kind of creep up to it and then they'll yeah. back off. So that I'm not taken out of it. I don't feel like any fourth walls are being broken. I feel like it's a it's a living, breathing place, and I and I like that. I like that they and, don't go over the line there. And that's what makes those scenes where there's so much gore and and like you know oh, a so, really bloody death mm -hmm. like so shocking because you're lulled into this sense of like okay, I'm kind of watching a comedy here. And oh my god, the top <laughs> of that church just went down that guy's neck. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. So, also there's visually effective yeah yeah 
Go ahead, Randy. It's it's also I I like how the film establishes uh, farce as normalcy. Mm-hmm. Like farce? if you so <laughs> right farce. So if farce? you let's let's just say you took the David Bradley jokes uh, completely out of the film and said, watch this scene, right? And mm. David Bradley, by the way, is the old uh, actor who played uh, Mr. Filch in Harry Potter, and he played. Uh, Walter Frey and uh, Game of Thrones. Come on, like we all don't know that. Like, I geez, love right? it. Well, his name is a little obscure, but I love <laughs> I that guy. I didn't have any idea who he was. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. I reckon, so, no, I recognized him as Phil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Walter so a, Frey, but I didn't know his name, his, the actor so, name. Oh, right, right, so right. There's, a, you know, there's a big <laughs> protracted joke in this film where he uh, he's a, a country guy who, who's old and uh, for some reason has both a swan and a uh, shed full of ordnance right right and uh he can't uh he can't speak in in a way that people really understand mm-hmm. especially from the city and if yeah if you took that and and extracted it from the film and told someone to watch it they'd be like okay this is all ridiculous yeah but for some reason because the film is surrounds it with things like that you just you just start to see that oh that's the normalcy of this universe that i'm in now mm-hmm. you know and it's and it works somehow they get a they get a freaking sea mine <laughs> take it back to the local police station and you're like yeah that's that's happening that's yeah all right it's great and that and that scene actually the whole conceit at the end where what's his name jumps in front of you know everyone forgot about that yeah, guy yeah. in his little room and his little surveillance place and you know once uh, nick frost jumps in front of it and takes the hit and then they kind of you know make you think he's dead and he's not really they're there for his mom and you know, that whole thing, I usually hate that sort of thing in movies. Well, I usually just yeah. go, oh, okay. The, fake out, the death Classic. fake out. Yeah. yeah, and I really like it here. I can't tell if it's just because I'm a sucker for British things and there's a tone to what they do that is just, I, I'm, I, this wouldn't work in a Hollywood-produced American production or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm 100% fine with it. And I'd laugh at it again, and I knew it was coming. I'd seen that's it. Because they, that's because they never took themselves too seriously in this movie i mean even though you took them serious you knew that it wasn't too serious so you knew that they had to play through that role you knew yeah. that that's what was going on yeah. right i mean so th- there was never in your mind going oh maybe he really did die no i mean you knew exactly what they were giving yeah you and, it, it was, and you it were okay squid. with it you didn't feel it didn't yeah. feel like i was being manipulated or yanked around or any of that it just feels like this is a great universe like this is a fun place mm-hmm. to be it and really it's it's part director, part writing. It's part everything. Like I really feel like it's one of those movies that's just you could. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a comedy. It's real hard I, to say. Yeah, I don't like to define. It's hard to define what this this is because it's a weird. It's thing. also hard to say because it's only been roughly eleven years. Yeah. So when we watch some of our other almost parody or close to parody movies, they've usually been twenty years. So how will this look? In another ten years, will it? Will we have forgotten everything about Bad Boys Two that we will actually blame it on this movie? Now we <laughs> recently saw it. Yeah. So. I actually, I think this of the three of them is going to age the best. Mm. It, it feels like the most timeless and sort of set into its own place. Right. Mm. Um, I actually like Shaun of the Dead was amazing at the time, but I feel like it's aging really it's been, badly because so many zombie times. stories are being told since then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea, yeah, the like like Zombieland, I don't even think Zombieland exists without Shaun of the Dead. Like, there's right. cer- there's certain uh, sardonic takes on the zombie genre, which in the, geez, I mean, Romero's original vision was a sardonic take on society. Mm-hmm. But there's been so many since Shaun of the Dead that it watered it down a little, yeah. I think. 
and by the way, none of these exist without spaced. Scott, tell me you oh, watched yeah. spaced is so good. Of course, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I. That's how I. I okay. So my Simon, I I wet my Simon. No, wait, hold on. I got <laughs> please just, just wet my Simon whistle. Yeah, I no got idioms. my I got my first uh, Simon peg on. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, this the is first all going. Time I got oh. Simon pegged. Yeah, was... peg. I got, yeah. uh, the word Even peg better. is in there. Uh, anyway, was space. It's amazing. It's an incredible series, and people should watch it. And it's it's great. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I loved him in the recent uh, the Mission Impossible. He's great in that. I love that he's yeah. even in that series. I love that he's in Star Trek. I love that he's become so much more uh, than just this guy that makes these weird movies with Edgar Wright. And yet, if there was an it was announced tomorrow that they're all getting together for yet another one, I'd be so stoked. Oh my gosh, Hot I'd be so two. excited. Yeah, Hot Fuzz <laughs> Two, dude, would be great. <laughs> Yeah, prior, uh, I never did get to answer the question about uh, which of the three I liked best. Oh, yeah. Prior to watching this one, I would have said Shaun of the Dead. And this one reminded me, like, oh, I, this is such an under underappreciated, well, at least in my in my opinion. I've only seen it, I've only seen it once prior to um, this rewatching. And I'd forgotten how much I loved it and how, how well done it is. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, Ed Gray, and, and Ed, this, uh, the connection is, the first Edgar Wright thing I ever saw was Shaun of the Dead. I didn't see Spaced until afterwards and kind of discovered it based on right. liking oh. this. Oh, so you got to have that experience where you, the next time you saw Shaun of the Dead, you recognized all the people. Yeah, yeah right. All his yeah, friends. Exactly. Yeah, all his friends are still still in the Same. group. <laughs> I no. think it's probably how most of us consumed it. I don't think most of us had Spaced on our radar. Uh, well, it's like me. I'd seen bits out. and I'd seen bits and pieces of uh, of um, uh, Firefly. But not the yeah. series, not the entire series. I saw the movie in 05 before I went and consumed the whole series. I think that happens sometimes. It's like, oh, this uh-huh. thing is the culmination of something else. Let me go see. And then you go consume it. But I actually saw Spaced before any of this. Mm. And I don't know why. I think it just was on something. It was on some huh. channel. And I was like, what the mm-hmm. hell? This is great. Or maybe BBC America or something. Or I don't remember. Marka, BBC Marka. Back when I had, <laughs> back when I had I like a cable, I think is where I first saw it, and then I just thought, well, that guy's great. I hope he does something else. I think maybe what I was missing was I he was already busy doing other things, and I didn't right. know it. But uh, yeah, like I freaking love that guy. He's great, and I think it's we're we're all better for having him in the world. Now here's the big question: oh, yeah. Edgar Wright, who's you know has so much to do with the tone of these movies, he goes on to do some other stuff. Uh, uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie is amazing, and his take uh, from from all everything I've heard, Baby Driver is one of the best movies ever made. So, all of that being the case, he was also on the the original Ant Man uh, deal. It was going to be his script and his directing, and then there was a falling out with Disney, and he bailed. And every time I see an Edgar Wright movie, I think, man, I would really like to see his take on a superhero, like yeah, something like that. Especially especially Ant Man because the, those movies kind of need. They need to distinguish themselves from right. the rest of them, right? Right, and they and, have. Uh, I mean, like they've done okay at doing that, but you have to think his would have had a, I don't know, a punch to it that maybe it doesn't have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't make the ones that got made bad at all. They're great, right? Um, and Did I you, think they're 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 right to be what they are. It's just I, I want to see what he would have done. You know, right? Did you guys ever see uh, Fantastic Fear of Everything? No, is that a his one of his? I, I yeah, it's a Simon Pegg film, and it's it's great. He's he's you know he's basically afraid of everything, and I really loved uh, this Simon Pegg where he's kind of he's kind of 
just freaking out. He's got so many fears, and it's I, I really enjoyed this one of my favorite Simon Pegg movies. But there's a new it. one. There's a new one coming out by the same uh, writer, uh, Crispin Mills, uh, just recently uh, announced. It's the Slaughterhouse Rules. Mm. You guys seen oh. this new Simon Pegg mm. thing no. coming out? No. 2018. Yes, action comedy horror, right in my alley. That sounds great. Uh, so, but yeah. he's not doing oh, that, yeah, is he? Yeah, this trailer just came out a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's at a which boarding kinda... it's at a boarding school where all sorts of horror things are happening. Yeah, it's like right. Cider, it's a play on Cider House I... Rules, right? It's a Cider right. House Rules movie but a parody of it or whatever. Yeah. It always freaks me out when I go to IMDb the week we're watching a film and I haven't even searched the film yet and the, you know, the movie that pops up and is advertising me is Simon Pegg. I'm like, are y'all listening to me? <laughs> are y'all well, like, monitoring one of the reasons, like one of the reasons we're watching this, is that it's streaming on Netflix, and that just feels like, oh, right. that's telling us we need to watch it. But then, like, right. I go and I go and look up what what is uh, Edgar Wright doing, and there's an interview with Simon Pegg from about five weeks ago, where he's talking mm -hmm. about he and Edgar Wright are definitely going to make another movie together in the future. That'd be and great. And I'm like, what is the? Is it? I always felt like it was a film sack thing. Like we somehow right. put this energy out into the universe <laughs> and we cause things to happen. No, maybe it's actually a Netflix thing. Yeah, mm. marketing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and we're just the we're just the consumers of of this weird energy. No, it's like when um, and this is, this is unrelated, but for months months ago, I got so obsessed with the song Toto, I couldn't stop listening to it. Song Africa. Africa. Yeah, or Africa. Sorry, the song. I was Toto. about to say a song Toto. Sorry, that, how, sorry, sorry. I, I was to say that's that's kind of weird because yeah. you always play in the Africa. So. Yeah. So I was playing. I, I just couldn't I've get enough of it. Fur Never... down the Toto. <laughs> Everybody was like, Scott, what's wrong with you? Too much, to you know, too much Toto, too much Africa, and, and I couldn't stop. And I swear to you now, and I'm not saying it's because of me by any stretch. I just think I was in tune with the Zeitgeist because everybody's Absolutely. doing Toto covers yeah. of Africa. Yep. They're all doing cover, or, you know, playing it constantly. It's a big joke. Weird Al came out on stage with Weezer the other day and played Africa. Like, yeah. now it's everywhere. So mm -hmm. sometimes that happens, and I feel like I'm film side. We get so, I, I think we are on the kind of tip, and this is new movies too. I think we're on the tip of just paying attention. And so yeah, it feels like stuff's molding to our will a little bit. Right. It's weird. I, I agree mm -hmm. with that. It's very strange. Anyway, he's working on something right now, a documentary called The Untitled Sparks Documentary. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Is uh, If that is a documentary about the band Sparks. It must be. Let me look here. It's got to be. Director it's gotta right. be. Uh, who, yeah. who, uh, is Ron Mayle and Russell Mayle? Yes. Okay, yeah, those him. are the two brothers in the band Sparks. Yeah. Holy crap. That'd really? be cool. That's cool. And, then, he's, and then something announced called Shadows, which uh, doesn't have any description or cast yet. But anyway, I just love him. I love his style and the way stuff looks, and he's freaking great, and he should just never not make movies. So that's, right. that's what I, I want to say about that guy. I think it's fascinating that he's making a documentary about Sparks. I just, I'm like, I'm turned upside down by that. What is that yeah. going to even be? I don't even know, know. who they well, are. Tell you know, me who they Give me a background on the band. What's the big deal the, with them? The, probably, the, probably the only hit song you know by Sparks is uh, Cool Places, a song that they did with Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's. Okay. okay, you're going to uh, sing couple, it for me, right? No, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, <laughs> oh. But it's a, a couple of brothers who in God, the mid-70s started this band called Half Nelson. It, it uh, didn't seem to do well. They changed the name to Sparks, and then all of a sudden they're they're more appreciated See, hard to believe half nelson wasn't a popular band name yeah, I get. right i know right it feels Weird. like it should be they, uh, uh, brian i just yeah. want to say i think i think they had bigger songs than cool places oh maybe. like what uh <laughs> this town ain't big enough for both of us big in the uk but the only one that really that actually broke into the billboard 
uh, charts here in America was Cool Places. Here in America. What about, okay, what about the number one song Never. in heaven? Uh, it was the number one song in heaven, but not here in the, uh, in the U.S. <laughs> no, but it's but that, I mean it's a good point. There, you know, some people know these these obscure uh, tracks. That whole album, number one in heaven, was uh, Giorgio Moroder produced, yep. and he got all that attention recently because of Daft Punk and and well deserved. Sparks got um, added onto uh, not added to the bill, but they joined forces with uh, Franz Ferdinand, and the two bands released an album that was not like a featuring it was like the two of them working together again uh not again so but like <laughs> but yeah i mean but they were working like working as a like everybody got equal billing in that band they're they've been one of my favorite bands for a long time so to hear that edgar wright's involved with a, a documentary about these guys is uh that's exciting that guy's is, got is a is bad really mustache exciting. though that's a horrible well, mustache yeah, kind of yeah, hitler, it was kind of a hitler mustache and then in the 90s he changed it to be a very thin uh waters john waters mustache well, the one in the 70s and the 80s looks like two hitler mustaches hanging out <laughs> It does. It, Charlie it Chaplin like... had it too. <laughs> yeah, but it, he had it before it became uh, not so popular. Yeah, not so popular. <laughs> Mustache hipsters. Yeah. I love it. The main thing that, that <laughs> strikes me as weird about Sparks is that they're still working and uh, you never, ever hear about them. Like no, they've been doing things. They've been make, making songs and performing live like in this current decade and you never hear about them ever, ever. Like, you just yeah. brought up Toto, which a lot of people associate with the early 80s. And, like, Toto just played here in Irvine last week. And, like, they were at the OC Fair. It was a big show. Like, you hear about them. You never hear about Spark. They were just so weird. They could never get a foothold in mainstream music. It's Their music is very, very unusual. They have a song about, you know, a couple of kids who are uh, stealing food from under the table of a fancy dining party. They have a song about... Um, Wait, didn't James who, Addiction do that? I've <laughs> been caught stealing. They have a song about a uh, a guy who intentionally runs his car into attractive women's cars so that he can have an opening line with them. So that Wait, he can wasn't that Phil, Phil, yeah, Phil Collins? <laughs> didn't Phil Collins do that? Wasn't that? Anyway, but uh, they've always just been too <laughs> fringe weird to be mainstream. and uh, That makes me want this documentary. Oh my gosh! If this and if this gets attention for a band like this, that is, uh, we did a whole soundography episode on them, obviously, because I, I, I said we have to do a Sparks episode, and uh, uh, just diving into their whole, <laughs> yeah, the photos you're putting into our chat, they're amazing. Yes, they're amazing. They are, Everything about this, I want more of, you, of whatever's going on here. They are. Uh, here's here's a little fact and then we can probably talk about uh edgar wright again or the, <laughs> the movie we're talking about but um paul mccartney is such a fan of ron mail ron mail's the guy with the the charlie chaplin hitler uh, john waters mustache yeah that in his video for coming up um it's like a see not cgi but like a whole bunch of paul mccartney's playing different era paul mccartney's oh cool like a hippie cool. era beatles paul mccartney and a Nehru jacket early 60s paul mccartney um the only or one of the only characters he plays in that video that's not paul mccartney is ron male as a keyboardist so you get oh. paul mccartney playing that guy with that mustache oh i love that that's awesome yeah well all right sparks super documentary. influential but not super mainstream well, and influential uh you mean sparks right sparks uh, to other to like, other musicians influential, yeah, influential on like other synth pop right like you don't have you don't there there are really narrow 
Uh, oh, you know what no. I mean? Their, their sound is really peculiar and yeah, but every but every couple albums they would reinvent their sound. Like the number one stu- the number one in heaven stuff was like a a two or three album stint. Prior to that, it was a a four album um, kind of a chamber pop kind of thing with a lot of strings and and horns and violins and Wait, stuff like that. Chamber pop. I chamber don't know pop. anything about anything <laughs> you're talking about, but I do know what a chamber pot is, and I like the fact. <laughs> Yes. that they've combined that term that is so that is such a uk thing right i, I don't i love it yeah oh. but anyway so they they reinvent them, themselves every few albums so synth pop here um straight up rock and roll for like the angst in my pants and uh womp that sucker albums and uh <laughs> angst in my pants <laughs> angst in my pants okay they do tend to latch on to puns and then certainly in later albums They'll find a pun they really like, and then they'll make that the repeated line throughout 90% of the song. And it's kind of where they've kind of lost me a little bit. But prior to, the, prior to like 1995, I've, uh, everything Sparks did, I ate up. Um, at some point, we're going to watch um, a movie called Roller Coaster. I think it's just called Roller Coaster, and it's about, oh. um, it's basically Die Hard and Amusement Park kind of thing. Oh, yes. So we're talking and, about. Sparks is the band that plays in the, for some reason, is playing in the amusement park, and and uh, they keep showing. Does, uh, does they, the Red they, Hat they Chili Peppers make a songs. cameo? Yeah. <laughs> they don't. Go. <laughs> no. uh, by the way, so back to this movie for a second. I just realized this. Yes. So oh, we could we could stay back to the movie. Why yeah, we no, that's fine. Why yeah. we're here. <laughs> the, <laughs> the trivia in there is broken because somebody wrote this. This film completes what Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright refer to as the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Which I that was I, a, that was an early name for it, yeah. Yeah, but then it says but here it the other. It, it says but here complete. Yeah, it right here you know, two completes one and two. Well, hold on, <laughs> this is even worse. It says here the other two are Shaun of the Dead in two thousand four uh, and Hot Fuzz two thousand seven. Yeah. This is where, where I got that? it. Was Hot Fuzz? They only yeah, mentioned so two movies. Copy and pasted from. Uh, are you getting that IMDb or Wikipedia? Well, IMD freaking B. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, our source materials like Wikipedia and IMDb, I don't know if we're becoming more versed and we're seeing the errors or if the errors are just increasing, but I have noticed that yeah. in the movies that so we've watched recently. Sure, I have as well. Make sure that you don't uh, you don't find that interesting. Make sure you don't click to find that interesting. <laughs> you know, I don't is find... there a way to say I find out I found it uninteresting? Yeah, this is very uninteresting I want to be able to say to it. Nobody I'm looking at Chris, this one on the page Chris and nobody's fine and uh Robert Downey Jr. were both considered for the lead in Hot Fuzz. That shouldn't say, that say fake too. they shouldn't say. Uh, do you find this interesting? The the options should be: Is this fake? And you know what I mean. Like, can we have a crowd? Yeah, it should fun- just be a button that says "I call bullshit." Yeah, just a little button that says. <laughs> Yeah. With a link of uh, Matthew McConaughey, wasn't that his deal? <laughs> Look, they got Jeff Bezos money. They can afford Player a new link. Get in yeah. there and fix that, you bastards. Anyway, how many? Okay, tri- trivia time. How many sure. <clears throat> how many confirmed Game of Thrones actors in this film? Go. One. Are there some unconfirmed ones? No. <laughs> no only, only, all... only one confirmed in my head. There's only No, two, two. Two? Okay. Yeah, I, I caught I caught three. Oh, right. So all right. Who'd you the third? hound? Yeah, the hound. Yeah. So Yarp. And then Which uh, I did Walter not Gray. realize until afterwards. Holy <laughs> right, cow. Right. Yeah. I didn't either. Oh, really? he's, yeah. he's yes. not nearly he's not nearly as houndish in this one. It's right. when he said Yarp. And yeah. that I went, oh, okay. It's like the guy goes from having yeah. no hair to all the hair. <laughs> and then, and then Jim Jim Broadbent is an archmaster in the most recent season. This is correct. 
when they go back to uh he's great King's in that role right? so good in that role yeah uh then who's your third hold on i know i know i just have three i i, I feel like i saw a fourth oh who was your th- third who'd you say you said okay again walter Frey. oh i missed you saying him. Yeah, that's him yeah and hold on and then the and then the maester and then you think Give there's me some a hours to think about it that's all i have <clears throat> that woman uh is also the little convenience shop owner in winterfell isn't she uh, no you know <laughs> Only one white walker in the in there at a time. No, she's a no, she's an NPC in Silvermoon. Come on now. (laughs) What is it about old English actors uh, just looking as haggard and beat up as all the world? So good. We find interesting because there's uh, character in those lines, man. There's something about it. It's like uh, I'll tell you what it's like when I had my life drawing class in college. uh, We would get. I may have mentioned this before, but we get lots of young, you know, naked. 19 year old 20 year old girls who were just trying to pay for school and would come in there and pose and as cool as that may sound as i'm saying it that would get boring what would get interesting is when some 90 year old man would come in and he would pose and how do i the, draw this flesh flap and this angle no but like the angles and the way the bones have moved around for that guy and the way his face was cut was so much more interesting to draw and paint like i okay. think that's what it is i think there's something about you know these old especially british guys that just make them so that's because they that's because they don't try to fight it that's one thing i got to say uh, about the united kingdom and people not in america they 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 embrace their age with grace whether whether people appreciate the way it looks or not they they embrace it yeah people and, and uh, people like judy dench uh, uh looks it looks she's she is growing old very gracefully and she's fantastic to look at you look at her and go Ah, oh, so much character in this old, older woman's face. Yeah, they're not trying to fight it; they own it. They I, go, okay, I'm heading. I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I'm steering into this. I, I'm I agree on an overall. I mean, everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want to do. But as a, as an overarching thing, I would take, I would take ten Judy Denches over one Joan Rivers any day. Not that they're in the same business, but you know what I'll I mean. I'll take ten if, dentures, please. If and, I was, if I was going, ten dentures. If I was going to see stand-up comedy, I'd rather have John Rivers. Uh, I don't know. I'd take. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, we get it. Who's the guy in Australia that's funny? I like him. Jim Jeffries. The one guy. Paul who's who's that one guy no, in Australia Jim, that's funny? Who is Jim, it? That? Jim Jeffries. That guy so cracks happy. me up. He makes me laugh. Uh, He's dirty though. Careful. Kids, so. No, not for the kids. Dirty, dirty, dirty boy. Uh, anyway. So you're gonna tell me uh, Lucy Punch was not in uh, uh, in uh, Game of Thrones? She's I the I don't know the actress that plays Juliet, the um, with the annoying laugh in this movie. Oh, oh yeah, she would be great in Game. <laughs> Actually, all of I, them the would be good in Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, you could have a. I mean, even Simon Pegg would make a pretty good. These days, he's a little more lined and cut in his face and stuff. He'd make right. a pretty good like hooded, sneaky guy but at the at the. I, you know, Citadel I'll or bet, something. I'll bet all of the older bit actors in this film were in Game of Thrones. Like, you know what I mean? Like the 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 neighborhood watch, basically. All of those older right. actors. The guy with a shotgun. <laughs> Are there more people in Game of Thrones or Harry Potter films? Oh <laughs> man, it's a good point. The... That's a good point. Well, there's a lot of crossover there as well, right? Wait. Like, yeah. yeah. Wait. I mean, I love that I... stuff. Oh my gosh, I love I ask old a actors from when... Britain. When the crap was Kate Blanchett on yeah, screen? She's, did I, yeah, she's she's his uh, girlfriend uh, early on. What? Oh, wearing the mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the doctor. 
Really? That well, was Kate Blanchett. She's in, a, she's in a crime scene. That's right. Yes. That was Kate Blanchett, who's now dating <laughs> Dave or Mike or whatever. Oh my oh, gosh! Well, I had no idea yeah. until you guys just said I that. Did, and I didn't see Peter Jackson playing as the thief dressed as Santa. <laughs> I, I missed remember. that I as well. No, the one that cut his hand. Book. That put Early his, in the movie. Isn't it the one that stabbed his hand amazing through? Amazing things that he's done. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yes, it's like the Rushmore lead-in yeah. of, of uh, Angel's character. Well, when he puts right. his, I, yeah, when he puts the he puts the knife through his hand and everyone asks him about his hand, that Santa is, that's uh, Peter Jackson? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And can, wow. I, and can I have one trope alert of only course. for this whole episode? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the best uh, police uh person in the city <laughs> goes into a crime scene that's completely filled with people yeah. and notices something that none of them saw yeah it was great and they all just kind of like smack their own foreheads <laughs> i love that that trope is so ridiculously funny yeah to and me. they pull it off so yeah. well and again it's one of those that creeps up next to airplane but doesn't cross the line it's great almost ace ventura yeah kind of that thing. Yeah, yeah yeah but he doesn't do it oh it's so good you guys this is this is one of those harder movies for me because my notes are super short. Like, Oh, super sparse. I gave up because there was no way I could keep up with the amount of dialogue that was coming. and the, Because really the ideas were fairly simple. I mean, there is this real research that went into this movie uh, with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg uh, studying uh, how real police work is versus uh, you know what we see in American uh, police dramas and they really played up the idea that really the paperwork is where all the power is right uh mm -hmm. in in doing this stuff and so they made it instead of him wielding a gun constantly they had all these fast supercut shots mm -hmm. of, of writing down information uh this the real power there's of, actually of, a, there's yeah. actually like a subversive moral message in here right where where he's like basically saying over and over that this this is how policing should be like re reminding people to use the right terminology to you know to protect themselves and others and so on yeah like yeah. i thought that was really cool it's just kind of you know stitched throughout the film and again wanna, it's hard to do you. i don't think that's an easy thing to do and they pull it off and it feels right and it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel you know preachy like i think this is hard what they make is hard and it looks easy and it's so okay. so loose and then fun to watch i just love it then here's the tough one. What's your uh, what part of the movie did you find was flat? Like what one thing were you like, oh, that's kind of I didn't have one. I didn't rest. have one. I never had one. I don't know if that's because <clears throat> scenes that would normally be flat are sandwiched with Edgar Wright crazy cuts, and maybe that made them feel less flat. But I didn't. The, ha I didn't have the, that uh, time or that moment. I felt like everything was the, really strong. Thing that the thing that felt flat because there were so many great characters for me in this movie the thing that felt flat was the Simon Pegg character uh Angel never actually I didn't feel like grew vertically so what he did oh. like like when he, like he never really stepped out of being able to switch things off because that was one of his character flaws it's like oh he's got a character flaw he can't switch it off that's the reason why his relationships all fail it's because he can't switch it off oh and and we never really get a definitive moment where he switches it off. Oh, I, feel I see like what we you're do saying. A little bit with the whole like uh, you know, up yours. Uh, yeah, but thing where... it didn't but, feel. Didn't but feel the film jog the on. Film he says at the end of that. <laughs> the film definitely doesn't. Uh, you know, it's a love letter to to 
cop movies, right? Yeah, he definitely cops, doesn't yeah. do the thing that so many of them do at the end, where he gets to be uh, changed by it all. Right. You know, like it. Instead, there are other movies that it's referencing where he is the same exact cop he was when he started. Sure, he digs in. I think I probably okay. So I've given this given me a minute to think about something that maybe fell flat for me, and for me. The only thing I can think of, honestly, because all that other stuff didn't bother me at all, is that he had this problem with guns, and it was never very well explained. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. That was just a reference to a trope, right? right. It's just like, hey, you guys know this trope? And then he he goes to the carnival and uses a pellet gun and this the kind thing, of thing that he yeah the, the thing he most avoids is actually the thing he's the best he's at the best at. Yeah. yeah and, and he found a way to be the best by following procedure and not being quick right so, i mean there's definitely some social commentary there but yeah i would i would have liked to have seen some more of i mean there was in the of, in instead the, of one more supercut of the bar well in the supercut you know I mean? of the beginning that was like uh it had martin freeman but the thing i played at the top of the show where he's narrating who he is there's a scene where he busts into a room and, and there's a guy in there with a gun and Edgar Wright, or sorry, uh, Simon Pegg shoots him. And so as that started to develop in the story, I thought maybe he's upset because he shot and killed somebody. Like, it well, just they never... Actually, they, they cut 30 minutes from the movie, which is good because it's already close to two hours. Yeah, it's a long one. So, uh, but I yeah, I'm assuming they probably expanded upon probably most of that stuff that were, that were missing because we loved it so much. We would have gladly given up two and a half hours uh of of more of this you know oh i totally would have you know what it's my only regret is i this i i end up seeing this on dvd later and not in theaters or blu-ray or something at the time um but i and that's the only real bummer complaint i have is i would have i would have loved to have seen this in a, in a theater with like surround sound and all I, that. I i want to answer my own question i felt like the whole uh <laughs> felt like the whole dire straits romeo and juliet uh sequence mm-hmm. uh that just I don't know. I just like I, I kind of check out during that whole part. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not laughing that much at the weird stage show. And <laughs> I was uh, laughing at Simon Pegg's no, facial no. reactions. That was the only thing I was laughing at. Come on, you were laughing when they busted into doing the Cardigans uh, song at the end of the. <laughs> I wasn't really. I, I was. really wasn't. I like, that I, like that was the that was the part uh, <laughs> that was the dip in the film for me. Mm. Okay, Brian uh, Ibbett, you have a, any sort of dip? It's it's unusual for us, by the way, on the show to look for dips in movies because they're all dippy. But this is just a hard one. It's hard. It, it is a really hard one for me. I mean the. Uh... No, there really wasn't. There wasn't a point at which I was like, "All right, uh, let's get past this." Kind of checked out moving yeah. forward kind of thing yeah you're not skipping um, anything really right no i i and i think that might have been there might have been something like that when i saw it first time because i i didn't see any of the of the three movies in the theater they've all been on yeah. um home video yeah it's way um, for it and uh and so there might have been you know it might have been like oh this isn't like Shaun of the dead uh, i'm gonna play uh, Candy Crush on my iPad or something, whatever I was playing at the time. I certainly wasn't playing Candy Crush. How <laughs> dare you? I know. Well, all right. Definitely, if, if there's any consolation, it definitely wasn't Candy Crush. No. Right. <laughs> I've never been a Candy Crush guy, but it was probably like, like the Avengers DS. Alliance or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. uh, sure. but that I'm might have been a checkout point the first time I I'm, I'm glad I was at home watching it because I'll be honest with you, movies that, that most Simon Pegg movies in my area in a mixed environment of viewers is going to be not well received by most. Uh, I, I personally find it enjoyable. And most of the people that hang out with would find Simon Pegg movies enjoyable. But uh, usually when I go to the theater, it's usually people uh, who are kind of like just checked out. Meat they got potatoes. their phones out yeah. They're 
they're going in and out of the theater and they're just, you know, it's like, uh, uh, and they're complaining and talking. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. You're not appreciating mm-hmm. what this is. Yeah. And so I prefer this at home. Yeah. I, I'm for everything at home these days anyway. I'm, I'm like, right. just, just have it all go there first. Everything sounds great now. And now something great. like Avengers where everybody is pretty much locked in. I'll go to the theater to see that because I feel like we're all enjoying it yeah. at an equal level. Yeah, of course. And well, you know, I want to, I don't, I want to see Infinity War 2 in a theater. That would be dumb to say anything else. But uh, just about everything else, <laughs> I'm fine with at home. <laughs> doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, here's an interesting little bit. Uh, the sword. You remember the sword Simon Pegg's character uses in the final scene? Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's a replica of Gandalf's sword uh, Glamoring from the Lord of the Rings film trilogy. It was probably brought by um, uh, Peter, Jackson Peter Jackson since he was on set. I didn't know he was Look there. I brought yeah, I brought you this nice thing. No, he's well, not. Well, that's not a knife for me shit now. It's not Australian. It's close, close, but not, not quite close. there. Fan meeting, They're he says, and then hands him a sword. A, I mean, maybe, but it's also like it's a sword you could buy online and there's bunches of them hanging around Blizzard. Shut yeah. your mouth. But don't you feel don't you think it'd be cool if like Peter Jackson says, Hold on a minute, I've got one in me car. <laughs> It's in my trunk. Hold on. I don't know. He's not, he's not British. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Oh my gosh! I don't uh, know. I can't, I, I can't, the accent you were doing wasn't really British, so I'm okay with it. I, I accept it. Now, I, uh, in the very beginning, before the supercut, and as he's walking down the hall, and all it is is his feet, his footsteps getting louder and louder that as he gets good. close. Yeah. When that happens, uh, I had the speakers on. I didn't have my headphones on, and the whole time there's siren so- sounds like police sirens. Mm-hmm. I hear school. this. I hear this as soon as it starts ramping up upstairs i hear <laughs> doggies my dog Raider started howling, howling. At that? That's yeah hilarious. howling at the top of her dog lungs yeah so i had to put my headphones on and she was fine after that but uh yeah Aww. it was great uh, also uh, as far as anything gross nothing grossed me out i did think that it was very effective to have timothy dalton's neck the way it was and i thought it was very believable was looking neck? but but nothing oh, grosses me when out. When he impaled him? Yeah. But yeah, nothing nothing grosses steeple. me out because it's all so crafted to be ridiculous that it just nothing's gross. And nobody I, kissed were, weird or did I'm anything. I'm sure you were a little tiny bit bothered by the thing in the in the 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 tavern what are the uh, the pub where the guys just peeing openly. Oh yeah, oh, I didn't the like pee that. Going all over the seat. Yeah, yes. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. You're right. Okay, that's gross. I'm with you there. But then again, I don't know. It's like it, maybe it's the British stuff. It just none of it, it is it the all, British stuff. Yeah, it all comes you know, off I as different. It's hard to explain. I don't eat. I don't eat biscuits all the time. No, I'm not talking about American biscuits. I'm talking about English biscuit cookies. Yeah, I don't eat those all the time. But I, when I do, I get a craving occasionally. And watching that man, I was like, "Oh, it's time to head to Publix and get me some biscuits tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, big ten of them, like one of those big round yeah. uh, metal things. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I think we've got a lot of them. World's Market. You ever been to World's yeah, Market? Yeah, World's Market has all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Market. many biscuits. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it in there. I like that place because they have they have weird hot sauces, and I love getting those. Mm-hmm. Bring those and home. those Tarani syrups, man, like a wall of Tarani syrups, and yeah. those are the best thing to get. Like if you uh, you make some iced tea. Just get a little bit of that uh, sugar-free peach Tarani syrup, and instantly yes. you're at the Olive Garden. Yep, and there's all, and you're there, and then your family. And then how would I get at the Olive Garden? There's always <laughs> <they're, laughs> right up here. They're always uh, they always have weird pickled shit there. I love it. Oh, 
it's like weird it's like oh you want some pickled uh horse fingers or whatever it is and you're like yeah i do pickled shit yeah pickled horse fingers so i don't think forests have pink fingers sorry it's a bad example i wanted to draw your attention to the trivia for one last thing because this trivia over and over and over it says the movie is just like this other movie the movie is just like this other movie and it gets really really boring the very last piece of trivia uh, I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. The film has a similar plot to Outland. In that film, Sean Connery stars as a policeman who is transferred to a mining colony on EO, which uh, he soon investigates the deaths of miners who are dying from an addictive narcotic. As he investigates deeper, he's targeted by hitmen and discovers the administrator of the colony hired the hitmen to kill him, and they, they're behind a drug ring, blah, 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 blah. And then for and some reason... And we saw it on film stack. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for some reason it goes on to say Sean Connery was the first James Bond, Timothy Dalton made two movies in the <laughs> 80s, and I'm just like, name film stack episode 30! Wait, come That's on! Right. That connective tissue is loose. Yeah, yeah. some loose tissue. Kind of like old British actors. Very loose <laughs> tissue. We've, I think we have seen just about every movie that was referenced as influence. Yeah, for this. Movie no, all er, the, that rack of DVDs that he stared at and zoomed in on. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking. It wasn't just the two. It was like uh, dozens of those we've seen. Like, well, it's and great. the trivia says that one of them is Zombie Party, which was uh, one of the early titles or one of the the, the titles of uh, Shaun of the Dead in other countries. Oh. Really? So if I went to yeah. like Zimbabwe and wanted to see a movie, I'd right, go see Zombie, Zombie Party. Party. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Then there, there are other films that the, this one references heavily that we haven't seen for sure. Like we haven't watched Chinatown. We haven't watched uh, Mad Max, the first one. No. Uh, I mean, there, individually we have though, right? Oh yeah, no, sure, I, sure, sure. dude, yeah. I've seen those Mad Max movies. So my face is blue, but also the Super Cop, which was referenced off. Yeah, Super the, Cops over there. Yeah, Super Cop. Yeah, we did do that. Um, I mean, the fact that it was focus so much on bad boys two and uh the keanu reeves one point break point break was so i mean that was just so film sack it's just i felt like it was for us you know it's like this hey check like, out those these two movies you guys definitely watched and had a right. good time with i was a little resistant to this movie because i did know that it was kind of parody and i always have tough time with that and but the fact that it seems to come at a time that we've already covered most of these other films that is parody and i thought it kind of Kind of fit in well. One the it one bit out. I did like technically from the trivia, and I agree with you 100. Um, part of it may be this process. So so it says this: the film progresses through three increasingly larger negative formats. The opening flashback footage is standard 16 millimeter. Uh, from then up to up until the robots, the robots, what are the robots? Robots. What robots? Robots. What robots? I don't, I don't remember. Robots. I don't remember robots. Anyway, Are you reading the right trivia. It says right here it's three perf super thirty five, and then from there it's four perf, uh, Panavision anamorphic uh, anam- until anamorphic. the ending scenes, which switches back to super thirty five. Anyway, the reason you do that isn't because they were like, oh, we don't have enough of this stock. Let's just go use some other sixteen millimeter stock. It's not like that. The, the idea was to uh, certain film gives certain scenes a more muted tone. So like mm-hmm. when you're in. London still, everything's a little sterile and slow and and whatever, and he's in that office and everything, and that's, you know, no big deal. You jump to 35 when you're having your action scenes, and now you've got, you know, crazy depth of field and a much broader sort of... Uh, could, the, once, could that be another one that's copied from uh, End of the World be- or World's End? Because... Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I feel it like might there were be. robots in World's End. <laughs> oh, there are, are there robots in World's End? Okay, I, I have no idea. I've talked about this before, and 
there's a difference in when I watch a movie that was made by someone who loves film and then a group of people who were just making film because they're into filmmaking. Yeah. And I feel like these are the lovers of film uh, from oh, the top yeah. down to the bottom. It's yeah. not just about the acting. It's not just about... This guy's been working together since college or before, uh, you know, and, and it, clearly they just are, well, you and, know, just want to make you know, sure... Uh, one of the pieces of trivia that we know is is correct is because it's everywhere is that they they did all of their photography in 11 weeks which is kind of cool yeah knowing exactly how long it takes to make a film like this but come on you know that edgar wright spent ten thousand hours prep, prepping for this oh, film the, before. yeah the prep the prep was amazing from the stuff they, they did it for a couple of years i believe yeah uh, prepping stuff so. i want to and every time i see a movie like this the, anything that's set in the british countryside northern england mm-hmm. i want to move there dude <laughs> i want i want yeah. quirky strange accented right. people walking around in sweaters going oh yes you see what happened to the thing and then these ones that speak in so, almost like a broken dialect that's ancient right. oh, i love so, it it's hard not to think about in bruges when you see this yes that's such a that's that's really good you know i i was trying i meant to go back and check the facts but i was curious uh, this time around watching it with a more critical eye, I noticed that when Simon Pegg and Frost were in their police car and Simon Pegg was trying to point out uh, the guilty people and, you know, they kept dismissing it as not guilty people. I want to say every one of those people that he pointed out were actually bad people. Yeah. Well, almost Did everybody anybody... in the everybody in the town turned out to be kind of, well, not everybody. But... Except for the cops, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. The cops yes, are and... just misled. Because uh, Broadbent was such a dick, <laughs> but I loved oh, I love that guy. I loved everybody. It's all good, yeah. guys. This is a good movie. Everybody should see it. I'm gonna play clips now, but the recommendation is Hot Fuzz is great, and you should watch it while it's on Netflix because it's great. And I would even recommend it. Like it's rated R, but I think like 12 and up. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's really a little bit gore. of language it's a gore. gore. Yeah. yeah, gore that's 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 so over the top that it's you can't even take it seriously like mm-hmm. i mean you can but it, it, it's well done like the yeah, severed right. heads on the street it looks like severed right. heads on the street it's just you re- look at it and go well that's a funny juxtaposition to this town that never has crime like <laughs> well when they right. when they killed the messenger i thought that was pretty disturbing that was a pretty that was disturbing the only, image that was the only death is like oh right yeah. and he walks around for a few minutes it's like oh ah, ooh, i don't know if i want to watch this part wait the guy that had the thing drop on him from the church yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah he yeah. was the messenger <laughs> that right. was that was rough he killed the messenger, yeah, killed the messenger. <laughs> right right he uh writer for the local paper yeah yep. that was pretty good um i i just like i find it incredibly rewatchable but i, I wasn't paying attention to our upcoming list and I watched it about a month ago, mm. and then I watched, and then I watched it again two days ago, and I found it like incredibly rewatchable. Like I, it, it held my attention. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's mm. rare, especially for stuff like us where we're looking at it for, you know, we're taking notes, and in my case, I'm capturing clips and doing screen grabs and you mm. know doing all this stuff, and it's paused for a second while I do that, and like usually that's the kind of a sterile uh, lab approach to watching movies but this right. this just held me held me the whole time and then, i think this is a movie that you know you hear me talk about saturday afternoon movies this is actually one of the good ones but i don't feel like i have to watch it linear i mean i feel like i can turn this on and i can go about my day and then come in and 
catch a moment and enjoy it. Absolutely. I think you need one, at least mm-hmm. one good watching where you've seen it top to bottom. But yes, I think yeah, repeat yeah. viewings are definitely that. It's You can have this on in the background and have fun with it. Um, all right, I'm going to play some clips. These are uh, varied. Here's one where he's chatting with the boss. <laughs> I like that description. Varied. Uh, <laughs> this is him and Martin Freeman talking while they're in London. Here you go. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Sergeant. How's the hand? Still a bit stiff. It can get awfully hairy out there. I'm surprised you weren't snapped up sooner for a nice desk job. That's what I did. I prefer to think my office is uh, out on the street. Indeed you do. Indeed you do. Uh, <laughs> I love that. They're playing it so flat. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love Martin Freeman. In 07, we didn't really know how far. I mean, he'd been on The Office uh, as Tim and stuff. And there was, you know, we knew. He, he may have. Let's see. When did, when did the Hitchhiker's Guide movie come out? I don't remember. Or he was oh, Arthur was Dent. 2002, maybe? Like Something. It was yeah. after, I know it was after uh, Douglas Adams died, but I don't know when. But anyway, uh, I don't think anybody knew who, where he was headed. And Five, right. 2005. Five, five yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So, you five felt right. So two years before that. Oh, weird. And before this, I anyway. yeah. yeah. Well, I've got yeah. my timeline all wrong there, because I would have like, said the other way. Basically, he did that between The Office. The Office ended in 2003. Then he, did, he appeared in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, he also appeared in Love Actually. Oh and right, then, he was the por- he was the nerd he was the kind of nerdy porn, normal guy that was in the porn, standard. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hitchhike- Hitchhikers, and then uh, yeah, two years after that, Hot Fuzz. Oh, I gotta watch Love Actually again. I love that movie so much. Wait till Christmas. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Feels weird in in August to watch yeah, Love Actually. A lot of Harry Potter uh, actors in that movie too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a sound he made. New. Instead of no, he says new. New. And it made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, here's a, let's see. I kind of like it here. Oh, I just like, oh, you know what? That's the <laughs> thing I would say about Simon Pegg. He's like this little toe-headed, you can almost see him like what he looked like when he was a kid. Just like a little weirdo-looking kid. Uh, you know, freckly, blonde, balding little dude. But he's got the greatest voice, man. Such yeah, a cool voice. voice. I kind of like work. it here. It's just got a great, uh, uh, mm, resonance. And he's, he has grown as an actor so much. Yeah. Like when you go back and look at your favorite episode of Space, you'll see he's just doing this one thing, yeah, and he's not really got much range, but he found range. He found a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I would put him in my movie if I was making a movie. <laughs> I wrote here that I love him. Boy, I don't, I don't know what this is. Nicholas, we're offering you a <laughs> smashing position with a delightful cottage and a lovely little place that I think has won Village of the Year. I don't know how many times. It'll be good for. Oh, it's Steve Coogan. I freaking love him. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is about Steve Coogan, but you could watch him read the paper. I think he's mm-hmm. great. You saw that um, the movie, uh, uh, not Matilda, uh, but it was, oh. it was a woman's name. The, the one ago. with Judy Dench in it. Yes, the one with Judy Dench. I uh, loved that movie. That was so good, yeah. Oh, um, my gosh, that was good. That was so good. What was that called? Uh, Mati- not Matilda. You're right, though. It's like that. It's like to right. It's like something. Mm-hmm. Something. Philomena. Mi- Philomena. Philomena. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. Philomena. Great movie. Oh my really gosh. Really good movie. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. And also his one where he travels around eating with his friend. Um, so, it's a lot of it's improv. I can't think of what those movies. Yeah. Are called. So those trips movies yeah. or shows or whatever you want to call them. Uh, the first one is is pretty good. Yeah. But then they start coasting on the first one. Well, they get a little dark because they start making really bad life choices, and it makes me sad. 
in the movies. Yeah, I, I love the but first. It's one, just though. like watch their first the trip because it's fun and it's you know it, it also has some sad bits, but it's like mostly it's just mostly comedians, you know, two comedians ad libbing on each other, and you know they've picked out all the best stuff. Uh, after that, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. I, I kind of agree. I think it, it peters out, but it's good stuff in the beginning. Uh, here's Bill Nye. Oh, what does Peter's out mean anyway? What Peter is out. That's <laughs> something you get arrested for. No. Right. <laughs> Peter's out. No, it's uh, if something runs out, it's like ah, uh, that. Oh, means... I know what it's supposed to mean, but where <laughs> I don't know. I always said it growing up. I wonder if it's regional. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that much growing up or not. Let's see, Peter. Where it comes from? Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, it means to just kind of fade off, trail off, right, but, right. To diminish but gradually and stop, dwindle to nothing. The hot water always oh, peters out. Man, now, I, now I'm thinking it's because after after your you know, after your business, it just kind of fades away. Is that? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Kind of, yeah. Is it? I don't okay. think so. I don't think so. But I like that. I like that. Right. Uh, oh, I don't plates. like it. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. You lose intensity or dwindle in strength, just like I'm, when you peter I'd out. I'd love to go again, love, but I'll peter out. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all petered out. That's Australian. Uh, here's Bill Nye talking. If we let you carry on running around town, you'll continue to be exceptional, and we can't have that. You'll put us all out of a job. With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. I love him so much. Ah, foreshadowing. Oh, Chief Inspector so in small great. town. Does make so people great. disappear? Is he okay now? Oh, no kidding. You, you don't oh. see him do anything now. Is he okay? Has anyone checked in on him? On Bill Nye? Uh, oh, he's fine. Is yeah, he? He's, he's making things. He's a thousand years old. Let's see, actor. <laughs> okay, wait. Before you look it up, I want guesses. How old is Bill Nye? Well, he was by one thousand years old. Scott just said. I, I know he was born in forty-nine. Is all I know. So what is that? That's uh, so he's 70. 70. 70, 69, 70. Yeah. Okay, maybe he's still cranking it. I love him. And you round that up to a thousand. He's so great, you guys. Also, really good in Love Actually. All right, so Love Actually, Harry Potter, or uh, Game of Thrones. Which which uh, oh, <laughs> series or movie man. has the most actors from this? Gotta be. Oh, wow. I'll bet Love Actually. I think actually, Harry Potter wins. Really? Yeah, I think I, I think Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. He should have been on Harry Potter. He never was. He should have been. That guy, he would have been great. God, no kidding. I feel like he was, but you're right. He wasn't. No. He should have like been. He could have it's been a, a great minister of... Uh, of anything. Minister, minister of magic. Of something. Or, yeah. No, a minister of magic or min- yeah, yeah, ministry yeah. of magic. Yeah, magic. one of the governmental types. He would have been perfect. Right. Wait, we're talking about Bill Knight? Yeah. Yeah. He's not... No, he, was in, uh, he was in Harry Potter. No, he wasn't. Was he? No, he yeah, wasn't. Yeah, he's uh, Scrimshaw. No. Yep. No. Oh, oh yep. he totally is. Yeah, Scrimgower. Yep. Minister yep. Rufus Scrimgower. Scrim... Yeah, in Deathly Hallows Part One. Oh wait, that is the Minister of Magic guy, isn't it? I didn't watch the one as much as the two. (laughs) I'm curious. For some reason, that person is that why I thought he should play that role because he did play that. I think it's because he did play that role. (laughs) Sure did. I love it. Okay, I wish I would have predicted this in my supercut. There you go. Here's a here is a near airplane moment. Here you go. Janine, I've been transferred. I'm moving away for a while. Oh, not Janine. <clears throat> Janine, I've been transferred. I'm moving away for a while. <laughs> He's talking to the guy with the thing. <laughs> and he thought it was her. It works, though. I don't know yeah. why, but it's not a problem. It should be dumb. It's not. It's great. He's so good at delivery. All right. Uh, here's Dave. It's Dave. Hello there. Hello there. I love I Dave. I love that. Yeah, Dave's great. 
you know what he's called i think on the credits there's a great credit for this hold on i gotta find it uh yeah this guy is called oh what's his oh no the guy that wasn't janine his name yeah. in the credits is is played by robert popper and his credit is for the character not janine <laughs> not janine <laughs> that is a resume i played not janine in uh hot fuzz so good all right here's i don't know what this is uh-huh. out Oh, is that weird kid? It's a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't like his voice, so I captured it. <laughs> Here's a great little conversation. Could you tell the inspector I've arrived, please? No. Why? He's not in yet. And <laughs> like that guy at the window? He was just, that's all he ever was, is at the window? Yeah, and his, his doppelganger. That's Bill Bailey. Yeah, that's yeah. Bill Bailey. He's great. I always forget right. that's him, but yes, that is Bill Bailey. Can we, can we, uh, I would, seriously, like, if we were all stuck in a cabin with a TV, one of the things I would force you to sit and watch with me is every episode of Black Books. Oh, I don't even know. I've never I've, even heard of Black Books. I've heard of it, but I've never uh, seen it. I've never seen it. He's uh, sounds like telling a, me. It sounds like a 80s uh, uh, Red Shoe Diaries kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> romance, late night showtime romance. Right. Black Books. It's going to make two, you watch the Red Thousands comedy. Hmm. And it's hysterical. Well, now I'm not interested. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hate the 2000s. They're the worst. Uh, here he is. Couplings. This is him again when he says this. Nobody tells me nothing. He's great. <laughs> Nobody tells me nothing. I also like this line from Broadbent. And he had one thing you haven't got. What's that, sir? A great big bushy beard. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> that was a payoff later on. Yeah, it was. Like a great big old bushy beard. Man, they had a lot of dead people down there. That was crazy. All those oh, kids, yeah. all those hoods, they call them. Right, and the gypsies, traveling gypsies. Yeah, and the gold guy who does the statue crap for money. Oh, yeah, the right, still preserved. Yeah, like, yeah perfect, perfectly even kid, preserved. Even the kid they just arrested in the purple jacket like is rotting, but but uh, gold mime dude is like perfectly preserved <laughs> yeah. in his gold paint. In position. Again, very very airplane esque, but they kill, but they yeah. don't they don't ruin it. I don't know how they don't, right. but they don't. Uh here's uh the cop who you couldn't understand. Alright, there's him. And here's uh, I don't know what this is. Can you describe it to me? It's about uh two foot tall, um long slender neck. Yeah. Kind of orange and black bill. Anything else? Like it's a swarm. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> what's his name? Um he co-wrote the office Merchant, uh, Stephen, Merchant. Stephen Merchant there you go. Yeah, sweetly yeah that's a fun little uh little cameo there from him Caliban yeah Caliban from Logan right there you go yep. oh yeah dude oh I forgot how cool he is in that mm-hmm. great, great so I need to watch Logan again I need to I need to make that a priority Boy, yeah, you gotta ooh, watch it in the black and that's, white. That's not a movie that you need to rewatch regularly. Really? That is hard hitting, painful I movie. I love Logan. Logan's yeah. great though. It's good, but yeah, it's uh it's so good. It's heavy. Hard. It's hardcore, man. There's boobs in that movie. All right. Wait, was there boobs in that movie? Yeah, there was a scene in the early part when he was a driver and the girls in the back of the car flashed their boobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I totally forgot <laughs> about that. It's such a throwaway moment. It's not like, right. oh, yeah, the stuff that happens to Picard yeah. in that film. Or, or uh, man, what a great introduction to uh, X-23. Oh, yeah, there are boobs in that film. Yeah, no, I agree. Exa- I agree. Three minutes and 28 seconds into the film, you see boobs. Yeah, no, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I'm just saying for a Marvel film, that's that was nuts. That's true. Yeah. You know? 
and it was t <laughs> and Ted Deadpool, and then all all bets are off after Deadpool. But. I have I have a T-shirt with a quote from Logan. Yeah, what does it say? It's uh, "Don't be what they've made you." Oh, oh nice. and yeah. I think it's wonderful. I it's like this. It's this perfect summation of the whole thing. Yeah, it's not but. Bad. Every now and then somebody <laughs> sees me and they see the quote and they know what it's from and you see them sad and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this movie make you sad. Me too. Me too. This t-shirt. This t-shirt isn't supposed to put a frown on you. Right. Take heart. There's boobs. All right. <laughs> Here's the uh, first yarp. Yarp. <laughs> I can't believe that's the hound. Holy. Yarp. Yarp. Once yeah. you said yeah, that, yeah, I'm like, too. oh my god. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, it's crazy. Like so, like so many of them, Rory McCann was at San Diego Comic Con a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and you know, this is the thing when you're when you're in any kind of geek TV show, you have to go to conventions and you make money posing for pictures with people. Yeah, yeah. And so a bunch of Game of Thrones people were there. They were all doing the picture thing, and uh, Rory McCann in these in these pictures, you see a convention goer next to him. He is he looks like an American redneck. Yeah, he yeah, totally does. Thing. Absolutely, yep, totally. yep. He's, yep. Got, yep. he's totally. got a truck driver beard. He's wearing a one of those hats, you know, like a, a, a truck, truck driver hat. Trucker hat, you mean? Yeah. Really? <laughs> he's got a it's truck the, driver beard and hat. <laughs> and and you know and you know he's like six foot five or something. Yeah, he's more. He's I think he's more weird. than that. That guy's in. Does he have overalls and a flannel shirt? Does he? No. no. Does he have a burnt no. face? A stock of wheat sticking out of his mouth. Right. <laughs> then, but then he's not fully vested. Uh, you, don't, okay. you don't think of, uh, you know, this like Scottish actor as American redneck. That's what, do you, where do you think the American rednecks came from? I don't know. You think they were all just Alabama. You know, <laughs> yeah, Alabama. well, there's, they came somewhere before then. Well, they right. came from France mainly. Like most of the South is like French. You think blood. that? You oh, think that? Wrong. I, I know that. That's how they. That's <laughs> you know that for a that's fact. Where those ships landed you know and dumped a out fact? a bunch yeah. of French. That's where the Cajun, the yeah, French we, Cajuns yeah, came from. Yeah, we yeah we ran. Was, oh, you're talking about that South. Yeah. Well, what South are you meaning? South Carolina. Oh, like up higher. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah. That's not, oh yeah, way up there. <laughs> We're practically Yankees. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean Georgia. Can't, well, no, Georgia skirts it a little, a little bit. Just a little bit. Georgia skirts a little Yeah, bit. well, they're a Delta hub. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's a gun fart from one of those detectives. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> like That's, that, that, that informed my greeting. That's yeah. amazing. Those detectives are amazing. And they're, here they are again laughing at this. Skid marks. <laughs> <Can I go? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> the timing on this is so good. All right, here's your Harry Potter guy. Right. Oof. Mombo. Best, worst breath probably in the show. Oof, in the whole movie. Probably. Yeah. yeah. The guy does not have good breath, I'm telling you right now. Uh, here's your He-Man reference. Like the power of Grayskull. All right, so there's that. Yeah, they, they hit that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I love him so much. Nick Frost is I, so good. I wish that they could have made a thousand movies before they got, you know, old. Yeah. Well, they're they're not that old. They could do it still. I mean, Nick still Frost is fifty or will be fifty soon. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Nick Frost is younger. He's forty six or something. And then yeah, I think Simon Pegg's forty eight. Yeah, Simon Pegg's almost there. Um, here's the something about a cuddly monkey. A cuddly monkey. Cuddly monkey. Oh yeah, I'm with specifically stupid. about a cuddly monkey. Yeah. yeah Thanks for the monkey. Stuff Thanks like that. The there monkey. was a reference to Chunky Monkey. Mm-hmm. 
Lots uh, of monkeys. I don't know what's going on there? Because it's a Cornetto trilogy, and uh, Chunky Monkey is not right. a Cornetto ice cream. No, no it there is not. As no. well. No, sir. Thanks for the monkey. Thanks for the monkey. Uh, the, opt it from uh, <laughs> from the UK. Maybe. Here's uh, one of the detectives talking about murder. Murder, murder, murder. There you go. Murder, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Here's the jog on reference. <laughs> Jog on. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, maybe that was the spot that informed my greeting. Might have. There was a few fart sounds, a lot, of, and it, and I think yeah. all well done. Also, anytime something would fly in from the other side of the room and hit someone in the head, like a garbage can oh. or something, I would laugh. I would laugh. Yeah. yeah. And I normally don't find that kind of stuff funny, but there was some timing thing going on there that worked. So well done. There's timing thing. I'm and I'm always a sucker for a close shot of one person in front of another and they step off screen and then they come back on <laughs> screen that on guy it, that is such a classic moment i love it I, it just it always makes me chuckle <laughs> it's the best version don't name a better yeah. one than that there's not one when that guy they no. he slides out all snarky and the guy slides out behind him and then the guy the in front Andrews, comes back yep. for a second then goes back again it's amazing it's mm. great it's a good gift too <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here's this. Just the one killer actually. No, not catching them killers then. It's just the one killer actually. No, not catching them killers then. It's just the one killer actually. Tomorrow, <laughs> you got brain freeze? No, I got brain wave. <laughs> <laughs> brain freeze is another reference to ice cream. Yeah. Such such a great technically shot movie, and I was in all the movie except for the continuity on the ice cream cone length. Oh, so there was a several shots where they were eating the ice cream cones. There was several scenes where they did this, and it would they would you know do these cuts, and I would notice, oh no, the cone is longer. He's already eaten more of the cone. Mm. Oh, because so, you got con- you're saying continuity yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. Avoid, yeah, avoid cone length. Yeah, yeah. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have those in my freezer upstairs. That exact brand they were eating. I want to go get them right now. Oh, they sound okay. so good to me. Nuts you, like you have drumsticks. No right? drumsticks. Yeah, yeah. Not sorry, not brand, but same kind of. Yeah, yeah. whatever those are called. Whatever well, made on, somebody man. think that'd be a good name. Drumsticks. Drumsticks. Can't wait to go. That's a great name. It for sounds ideas. like meat. Let's make people think this is chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Or a yeah. band implement to play my drums. All right. Here's a deal. Uh, this is the NARP. NARP. All right. And then this NARP. is a great uh, thing I like. Dog muck thieving kids and crusty jugglers. Trusty jugglers. Trusty jugglers. <laughs> they all repeat it. I like that. That's the, <laughs> the, the look on Simon Pegg's face when uh, they repeat that because they've just been repeating for the greater good. Right. Trusty jugglers. All right. And then a funny laugh from I don't remember who. <laughs> oh, it's probably Bill Bailey again. And then this part, which I have to admit. It is effective at making you think about what it would be like to be impaled in your chin on a oh. steeple in a oh. small church. So here's this. Oh, this really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I just assumed he was dead. So when he started talking, yeah. it was like, what? Yeah. You know what's great is none of those people died, right? They all got arrested. It was almost like he got his justice. He right. didn't kill him. Right. All the people who were killed were the victims of the criminals, but the criminals True. themselves, they all end up getting arrested. Yeah, basically. they got True brought dressed. to justice. justice. And they had that right. awesome montage with the kind of punk song behind it of them standing in, uh, you know, for case file photos and, and just the 
looking mean and horrible with their you know bandages on and their faces all blood. It was just great. So what what was that? I was trying to figure out what that because uh, they used those kind of shots a couple of times. I was trying to figure out what action film was directly mm. derivative of that shot, and I was trying to remember. Uh, do you guys remember if if it was it just something they did individually? It didn't or seem it... familiar. Like I'd seen that before, but it seemed familiar. Like it was just a. A style, that, but what was that movie that uh, Brad Pitt was in that he was all Legends of the Fall? Uh, no, the English <laughs> one where he's all oh, Snatch? World Snatch. War Z. Oh, uh, <laughs> didn't they have Mr. like this is Smith? Didn't they have some cuts like that in Snatch? Uh, I could remember, uh, Thelma and Louise. No, um, yes, Thelma and Louise. He might have because it's a Guy Ritchie thing, and Guy Ritchie right. does those quick cuts too. That's true. Man, I like Snatch a lot. The movie. <laughs> Jamie, do you the, listen to this the one, movie. Jamie? I mean the movie. All right. That's the end of our clips. Uh, <laughs> that was, I, I really skirted it there. Hey, check this out. I like Snatch. It's uh, time for this. The film sack checklist goes like this. Nothing wrong with this movie. Check. This movie is great. Check. This movie rules. Check. Pretty simple today. I don't really have any complaints. Uh, Star Trek connections. There are some. Simon Pegg, of course. Black, black guy dies first. Wait, yeah. what black guy? Yeah, what black guy? There are no. right. Oh, that's true. This is a very white movie, isn't it? It's it really very, is, very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if we did Hot video clips, white. yeah. If, if we did video clips, I would hope that you would uh, have shown the garden fences scene, oh. because oh. every yeah. every Cornetto movie has a garden fences yeah, uh, right. shot. Yeah. And it the gag the gag grows from one to another, right? So yeah. like. In Shaun of the Dead, he goes to jump over a garden fence in front of everybody, and it breaks. And then in this one, <laughs> Nick yeah. Frost just runs through one. <laughs> he, he trips and falls, and it runs. And then in World's End, uh, Simon Pegg goes to jump over a garden fence, and the entire fence from side to side goes down. <laughs> I need to see I, that. I that. I'm going to watch that movie this next week. I'm going to make it happen. i got to see it. Because now Good. I'm bugged that I haven't. Um, all right, Star Trek stuff. Simon Pegg is Nicholas Angel. Uh, he is in the JJ-verse as Scotty. Uh, Michelle Wright, executive in charge of production, was also production supervisor on Star Trek Generations. Uh, those are your only two, though. That's it. No more Star Trek people. But uh, what more do enough. you... I mean, when you get like a major hitter like Simon Pegg in the Star Trek universe and this film... That's a win. No, it's great. Don't need anything else. The dude, the guy's in, has got cameos in Star Wars. He's got yeah. Uh, he's got his hand in every geek ch cookie jar. It, the fact that he's not in some Marvel thing is shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Like, what's mm -hmm. going on there? Get that going. Uh, all right. What else? Oh, the soundtrack. I'd give it an R for rad. I thought it was great. Perfectly suited yes. for everything. All good. Such great kinks music. Like they pull a couple tracks from uh, the Village Green Preservation Society album, including the title track. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Goody Two Shoes you heard at the beginning of uh, yeah, uh, the show, yeah. uh, Adam Ant, um, Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits, my favorite song ever of all time. Oh, I Great didn't know soundtrack. that. I didn't know yes. that. Of all yeah. time. Wow. wow. Of all time. I, wow. I apologize all for time. complaining about that. I I felt like that was like that was so shoehorned in there where it's playing in the car as Timothy Dalton's driving by. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't need to be because at that point you don't know that they're playing in Romeo and Juliet, but it's just this mm -hmm. quaint little uh, little, little guitar intro. But uh, yeah. I love Dire Straits. So. Yeah. This, apparently, this is what Edgar Wright does. Like, 
he he sits and puts a lot of effort into getting all the music just right in his movies yeah yeah baby driver is probably the one everyone tells me the most about i need to see oh, that too Scott Pilgrim Gosh, versus the world is his music you know love letter mm. oh it's so good yeah, i don't know i feel i mean it, it it definitely is but the music is used so so much uh to such great effect in baby driver yeah i need to see that thing it's streaming on i think hbo go oh well I'll, i have no excuse i'm gonna watch oh it. No, i take that back it's streaming on the showtime app which oh. now you have an excuse uh, now i have an excuse well me too <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you can watch it on amazon prime oh well all right i'll go look uh hey the twitter post this is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less let's start with randy jordan hot fuzz edgar wright's best film yeah there i said it you want to take this up to the chief inspector <laughs> you could uh, uh brian uh, brian, bleh, brian dunaway brian dunaway hot fuzz like dual wielding with no handlebars cardor <laughs> jog on <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot about that lady. She really took a, a fall. Uh, and then finally, Brian Ibbett. Randy, we almost came to blows. Hot Fuzz, the best of the Cornetto trilogy? Yarp. Completely underappreciated for its brilliance? Yarp. The best thing Timothy Dalton ever did? Narp? Narp? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, I am a huge fan of his two James Bond films. I like, too. I know they're, I know they're bad. I know they haven't aged well. I know I want to watch them with you guys because they are so fun to me. Yeah. But here's the thing: Timothy Dalton was the closest of between Roger Moore, Sean Conner, Connery. I mean, even to to some effect, uh, some effect. Uh, what's his face who did Pierce. one? Uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, oh. No, no, no. Uh, the Bronson. one. Oh, the guy uh, who just did one. Uh, 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 oh, uh, hold on, the, I know the it. Non-actor. Uh, 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 no, great documentary. Uh, uh, hold on, Dan. Uh, 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 ah, shit. Slippy, slappy. No, <laughs> McGillicuddy. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, uh, oh, it was there for a second. I know. Yeah. James Bond, one and done. Who was it? Come on. <sighs> Frick. Anyway, I know it. Between, I'm, between, I'm letting Scott twist in the wind. I, I know oh. I, I've already Googled it. I know what it is, too. George Lazenby. Lazenby. Yes. Great documentary, by the way, on Hulu, if it's still there. It's sure oh, really? it's still there. They made it, right? They're going to yeah, host yeah. it. So their own oh, documentary. Right. Anyway, um, among all those actors, Timothy Dalton was the closest to the dark, brooding mm. character in the Ian Fleming novels. Oh, Not necessarily yeah. the one in the later, later novels, but the... Uh, but he's he's got that kind of like looks like he's partially thinking about what's going on and also partially hating the world and hating right. what happened to his life. <laughs> yeah. I I want it to be Daniel Craig, but Daniel Craig is a different kind of bond than the novels. Yeah. He's yeah. the blunt object. Yeah. Yeah, I and I love him. I Everybody. like him a lot. Oh yeah. And, yeah all this he's talk America's of, bond. All this, all this all this yeah. British guy in a British production is the America's Bond. I really right. want uh, the, all this Idris Elba talk needs to hurry up and just be a thing because I really think mm. he would be interesting. Um, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I, I like the talk of that. Uh, my least favorite was probably Pierce Brosnan, not because I don't like Pierce Brosnan, but because it was Pierce Brosnan, and that's all I could think about was I've seen this guy in Mrs. Doubtfire. I've seen Remington this guy. Steel. Yeah, and the Remington yeah, exactly. Steel thing, which was basically James Bond ripoff. Like, it was just hard for me to get around that and not see him 
Yeah. We all, but we was all begging for it at one point in time. I believe everybody was we like, were. "Yeah, you're yeah. great." Mm-hmm. So yeah. like the, and, then, and then they gave us what we wanted, and we was like, mm, mm, "This wasn't as good as we were hoping." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, in all of them, the ultimate most steeped in bondiness bond moment in these movies is when he goes back to Skyfall in Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the, I always stop and go, "Okay, in their prime, these different actors." How would they have played through that sequence? Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan doesn't seem like he would have pulled it off. Yeah, uh, like I could imagine Sean Connery doing it. I could imagine Roger Moore in his prime going back to Skyfall, but not Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, maybe not so much. By the way, I was just checking on Sean Connery here. You got to check on him once in a while. He's checking on him. Just uh, uh, checking his face. Checking his Facebook okay? page. He's uh, what, what is, what's eight, his status today? Eighty-seven years old. Got a little old. bit of a sore throat. <laughs> I'm not feeling all that well. Uh, 80, eighty-seven years old. He can't find his car keys. Yeah. Um, and still retired, obviously. And I don't know where he lives now. But I always worry one day <laughs> he won't write back. Yeah. <laughs> it just and, s- scares me that he's going to get again, announced dead. So. Again, rest in peace, Sir Roger. He lived to be eighty-nine. That's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Roger Moore did just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he was my favorite Bond, he was but the D. Martin he Bond. Hit, he he hits he hits. I was he was the first Bond I was introduced to because he was the first Bond that I watched when I was old right. enough to actually want to watch a Bond movie. So yeah. he'll always be my Bond, just like just like Rainbow Scarf is the only Doctor Who that I'll ever accept. <laughs> <laughs> You'll only accept Rainbow Scarf. Rainbow right. Scarf, my favorite of the uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I was going to say, right. I, didn't know you were a, I didn't know you were a brony over there, Dunaway. You got like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Rainbow Scarf. No, that's true, though. Yeah, Roger Moore was the first one I saw in a theater, the first James Bond I saw playing James Bond in the theater. Yeah. And uh, that is something. That is a... That you know, you never forget your first bond, I guess, kind of thing. This is true. Oh my gosh, I found a picture of Sean Connery when he was eighteen and he is he is just a little Hot. kid, man. Weird. Mm. Well anyway. I Hello. wish they I, I, I really like I just Elba, but I wish they'd find someone who fits all of the the you know, to ticks all the boxes to play James Bond who was younger. Like people keep coming into this role in their forties and then that's gonna age them out faster than I want, you know? Oh, I, would I see. Really what you're like there to be, yeah. you know, someone, someone like Sean Connery who could play yeah. bunches of them. But if you go too young, you get Cody Banks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that I don't want that. You get, you get Frankie Muniz. What you saying? Yeah, you get. It's got to be somewhat older, and he's got to be an older, established, sophisticated spy. Yeah, he's got to be late thirties at the earliest. I don't want someone mm-hmm. younger than that. If they're younger I, I, than that, it's weird. For like me, it. I always want him to be Scottish, and like I say, Ewan McGregor would have been amazing mm. if they'd started on with him when he was 30. Yeah, I could see that. Um, have him do that. Have him uh, take that path instead of the Obi-Wan path. Oh, there's this picture yeah. of Sean Connery walking around last year with his wife. He's, <laughs> he's, old, he's old now. He looks fine. He looks fine. <laughs> what are, you, are you looking back at the, the sheet of paper when it came with his uh, Christmas card that said what he's been right. working on for the last year? I just like to see, you know, there he is just kind of strolling around town. He's got a cane now, but, you know, he's all right. My granddaughter attended her first day of preschool today. Renamed the dog Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just <laughs> just miss him. I miss him in movies. And the last sure. thing he did was that terrible comic book adaptation that turned out so bad. I don't remember the name of it. What was it called? Oh, we're talking about oh, League of the Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. That was not that wasn't that bad. was terrible. And he retired yeah. on it. 
He was like, I'm done. This I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> Going back home. Um, all right. Hey, lose your dignity. Did we do? We did a bit. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Uh, I guess got handed this right here. It's an alternate title. Right here in this uh, piece of paper here, it says uh, it was almost called Cold Hair. Now, you have to think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah. No, it's, I got it. It's the opposite yeah. of Hot Fuzz, see? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, or Old Man with a Huge Green Coat. That was almost the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I have two emails to read today, and I will get through them quickly because we're almost out of time. But here they are. They came to us at filmsackagemail.com. We'll start with Johns, who says, Dear Scott and crew, this is Paul Shear. It's time for you to stop not knowing who this is. Uh, he was the sketch on the sketch comedy show Human Giant. Oh, you know who he's talking about? He's talking about um, yeah, Gap Tooth guy. Gap Tooth, Gap Tooth guy with the white stuff on his nose and yeah. Oh product. yeah, watch here. Yeah. He was with the Human Giant, where we got Aziz Ansari from as well. He's been in countless movies and TV shows. He is the disaster artist movie, or in the disaster artist movie that you love. Uh, most importantly, he runs a bad movie podcast just like yours. It's extremely popular. They've covered many of the same films you have on FilmSack. Which is why I mentioned that podcast multiple times. Yes, you did say all this. Uh, mm-hmm. You should listen to a few episodes. if you It's a show you would enjoy. But even if you don't do that, if you would do nothing else, learn who Paul Shear is. You are no longer allowed to know who Paul Shear is. is. I'm no I, longer I, allowed to know. I, I, will, I will learn him. I didn't really know. I wasn't really familiar with him, so I will educate myself. Yeah, this is from John. He is John. one of the most foul-mouthed people on the TV show Veep, which is a, which is a, an achievement in and of itself. Wait, 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 wait. Which character is he on Veep? I've watched Veep. Uh, he's the character. He's Stevie. Uh, he's a, um, a White House, not a White House aide, but he's like, a, like a lobbyist or something. So yeah, I think I think so. Right, I think he's a lobbyist. All right, I need to. I just watched a bunch of that. Why do I not remember him? He has the gap tooth still, right? He totally does. I don't know. Yeah, that's a thing you don't. <laughs> I finally, when you're known, you when you're known as the gap tooth guy, you don't get rid of it. I, I finally saw yeah, that. I mean, the, Letterman wouldn't get rid of his. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I finally he's saw that got scene. Room for a whole extra like Tom Cruise tooth in there, though. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we all? Yeah, and uh, he's in Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, that uh, uh, Galaxy Quest TV reboot oh. they're talking about. He's going to be the lead. Oh, I really? This, I didn't know this same guy. I've, heard, I've listened to this podcast. Weird. This podcast. <laughs> Weird. I'm sure they could still get Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. he's he's redoing That's his other idea, thing. Though. He's, he's making Nowadays, his... Tim Allen's it? done. What's his other thing, though? He's, he's coming... He's, he's, he's done. He's got, a huge standing, hit, uh, he's got a huge hit TV show right now. Yeah, Last Man yeah. Standing is being re relaunched. So it got oh, canceled, it and they're relaunching it. So he's going to be busy. Yeah. Plus, they got Toy Story shit to do. I don't know. He's kind mm. of a dick. Uh, let's see. Shit. Paul Mor- uh, Moran wrote in, says this. Hey, Scott, Brian, Rand- uh, sorry, Rand- Scott, Randy, Brian, and Brian. <laughs> he messed it up because our order is different usually. Anyway, just wanted to give you a huge thanks for the show. You've been, oh. uh, I have been having cancer treatment over the last year, and it's, and it's not yeah. been working very well. Your show on the Frog Pants Network have kept me sane and entertained. As a present, I give you the finest example of angry acting by the one and only Pierce Brosnan. Take care, you <laughs> kids, Paul. Well, Paul, first of all, I hope uh, that's changing for you and that uh, hopefully treatment is effective. Oh, yeah. uh, we feel bad about that. Never like to hear when uh, any of our fans are having trouble like that. But thank you for this clip. I'm now going to play it. Here is angry acting from Pierce Brosnan. Here you go. What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! <laughs> well, that's easy. He did a lot of the... 
He did a lot of that in Dante's Peak as well. Is that what this that. is that was, from? That was good. I don't, no, that was not from Dante's Peak. This is from, but, uh, what movie is this? What was that from? Adam and Joe? Huh. Uh, I, I was not prepared. <laughs> no, I wasn't ready for that. I, I'm shocked right now because I was so not prepared for that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for that, Paul. I'm going to clip that out and use Thank it for things in perpetuity, and we hope you uh, do better, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know uh, how that goes, and we're glad the show's there for you. We'll always be here for people like you. All right, that's going to do it for the show, but before we leave, our next film is not a film at all. In fact, next week we have people out of town, so what are we doing? We're doing a Star Trek The Animated Series episode. Uh, watch along, and that uh, we like to do those once in a while, especially when we're out of town, so we're going to cram that in and make that happen for the 18th, so if you're worried there would be no show, oh, there will be. Worry no more. Yeah, worry no more. And uh, we'll be back to normal after that one. That's going to do it for us, though. Filmsack.com is the website. You can always send your emails in, just like Paul and John. A couple of apostles here, I just realized. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) Or some Beatles, right? Or some Beatles, yeah. Very well said. Uh, (laughs) Ringo, where's your, where where my email at, Ringo? Where's your email? Uh, Filmsack.gmail.com is that email address. You can follow us on Twitter, at Filmsack, and you can find all of us that way as well. Filmsack.com's got everything. It's all linked out, all our previous episodes, all that stuff. Still no YouTube uh, until I get word on how we deal with... uh, studios take doing takedowns i still i still haven't fixed my strike so we're working on that anyway that's gonna do it for us for me for brian for brian and for randy that's the order murder murder we'll see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I kind of like it here. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.